this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Landmark Theater. Wow, sold out crowd in Los Angeles. That is how we roll. What did you think of Arrival? Well, this is a really special weekend because, you know, for the last few months since the movie premiered at the fall film festivals and for the, for the, the premieres that we've had, here in LA and, and elsewhere, and for the, the press days and the junket, its director has been out of the country filming another sci-fi movie called Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> so, what makes this weekend special is, for the first time, he is here with the other filmmakers here to talk to you about the movie. So that's all. It just keeps getting better. This is a great week because look at the sold out crowd. And just on Thursday morning, the Critics' Choice Awards, voted for by the Broadcast Film Critics Association, <clears throat> like me, um, voted for 10 nominations for Arrival, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Actress. And the National Board of Review awarded Best Actress to the star of this movie. So let's bring out, without further ado, screenwriter, Eric Heiser. And director, Denis Villeneuve. And, ladies and gentlemen, Five-time Academy Award nominee, Amy Adams. This is how we roll in Los Angeles. Well, first of all, you know, Denis, I know that, that you've been wanting to do sci-fi for, for a long, long time. So what was it about the original story that Arrival was based on that just made you go, I gotta do this, but I'm not writing the screenplay. <laughs> it's, it's, this, this, uh, it's just that I was looking for that kind of story since a very long time, something that would have that kind of poetry, that strength, that uh, profoundness. It's like, uh, it's a story about language. Basically, this movie is about, usually in other movies, when there, there's aliens coming uh, on screen, you know, they talk in English. And, 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 and it's like the process of translation is about five or five seconds, and, and our movie is about those five seconds. You know, it's like uh, uh, I, I really uh, love the idea to make a movie about the culture shock, ex exchange of culture and language. That was like uh, what uh, really drives me into that project. Well, Eric, okay, so you came on, and like, wait, what was it about Eric's screenplay that you said, okay, he he cracked this, and Eric. I'm, trying, I'm still wrapping my head around this, and I've seen the movie, this is my fourth time seeing the film. Right, right, it gets better the more times you see it, right, yeah? 
Yeah? I'm not just saying that to sell tickets. It's the truth. Um, but how did you like feel like you really cracked it? Like, I got this. Um, I still have it. I'm still working on it. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I imagine it was... It, oddly enough, the first few pages, the last few pages uh, from the first draft remained intact all the way through, you know, uh, with, with very subtle deviations. So I think that the heart of it always remained the same, and that's what made me feel comfortable working with all the crazier things like, you know, Fermat's principle and Sapir Warp hypothesis. Like, I could go into that because I knew the heart of it was good. Well, speaking of the heart of this, Amy, you know, what I love about this film is that it feels. Obviously, it's it's universal, it's grand. This is a big moment, first contact with daily life. But at the heart, it is a story about a mother. It is a story about a mother dealing with loss, whether it happened in the past or it happened eventually. Like when you first read the screenplay and you like saw and, and just wrapped your head around around Louise Banks, what made you say, I, I gotta play her? I mean, I connected, I think being a mother myself, I connected with the first couple pages, really got me emotionally. Um, and then sort of getting into it and seeing sort of um, this screenplay that was written, and it was one of, and I won't say what the other one is, but it was one of two screenplays I've read in my career where I was like, I can't swear in here, but I was like, oh my God. Is <laughs> I don't like to swear in public, which is weird, because in my own life, it's like, I don't have that problem, but I get in public. But I, I really, uh, I got to the end of it, and I immediately had to go back, because not only did it strike me in a place that spoke to my soul, but also it spoke to my intellect, and it spoke to, I loved how there was a character, female or male, that was written in a way that had an emotional intelligence, um, as well as uh, a highly tuned intellect, and a really, really um, strong instinct, and she followed that instinct. Um, and, and then at the end of the day, meeting with Denis, and, and he's really special and soulful and compassionate and these wonderful qualities, and uh, I knew it was something I had to be a part of. Well, as you're developing the story further, uh, between the first time that you met to really go over the screenplay, how did it, how did it evolve? Like, what were some of the notes that you got early on to take it in the direction that we just saw? Uh, well, you know, before Denis came on, I, you know, I wrote it on spec, and it was just me and the uh, two producers at, uh, at Sean Levy's company, at 21 Labs, that uh, were working on the side as like this little lab experiment. You know, we'd already been, t we'd already been told that the studios wouldn't want a, you know, a non-franchise sci-fi picture about <laughs> linguistic relativity, and we were like, well, <laughs> I do. Uh, and so, I mean, we were swinging for it, and I, re and I recall it of my first draft, I gave the notes. Uh, I sat down and the, and the producers were like, uh, okay, Eric, uh, there are two pages here that just have Louise teaching the heptopods very basic vocabulary. And I gotta say, Eric, this is not sexy at all. <laughs> There's nothing sexy, like it's just, why do we have this scene? And I'm like, I just, let me, I can, I know, I said, I, I understand, but and I went to the whiteboard and I wrote the question, what is your purpose on earth? And I said, here's why you need these, and here's why you need, and I went through this, and this bit, that's the scene, Eric. You, that's the one that should go in the script. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And then Amy does a much better job of doing that than I do. Well, it took me a couple takes, let's be honest. I, I learned that I couldn't write and act at the same time. <laughs> I found my limits as an actress. And uh, one take, Denise is like, cut, cut, cut. I was like, what? I thought I was going so good. He's like, look at the board, and it goes, what is your porpoise on earth? <laughs> 
I had said, what is your purpose on earth? Uh, I had misspelled it, and uh, to me, wisely, cold cut. But uh, that's now my favorite question to ask people. What is your purpose on earth? <laughs> anyway. So. But I do love that scene. It was a fun one. Well, when you're, when you're filming the scenes where you're wearing the, the environmental suit, how did you hear your director? Um, well, my relationship. That's a trap. That's, that's, that's not fair. It's so fair. Because to me it's wonderful. And, and when you're acting with um, elements that really don't exist and you're having to use, um, uh, you know, reference photos and, and sort of these uh, conceptual drawings and character design to sort of imagine, it still has sort of a disembodied feel to it. And when we were inside of the hazmat suits, uh, we all had earpieces and you know, we all needed to react at the same time, so Denis would speak to us on a microphone and you would hear, They arrive. <laughs> <laughs> you would direct us. I don't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you don't, actually, but, but Denis hasn't been here, so... <laughs> He hasn't been here, so I've been doing like these. I like unwatched by him. I've been doing these awful impressions of him for months now, and now I'm so happy he gets to see what I've been doing. <laughs> but but he became sort of the voice of, of uh, Abbott and Costello for me, in, in the way that he communicated uh, the relationship to them. But yes, and then he would say, "They have the pods now. Depart." <laughs> Let's talk about the heptapods, the design of the heptapods, and the design of the spacecraft. I mean, you know, there's, there's, did you ever feel like you had to put a face to the heptapods so people could look in their eyes? Because the, the design, the production design, is really unique. The heptapods don't look like other aliens we've seen in the last, like, you know, 80 years in film. Yeah, it's, it's a, it was a big challenge to design those, to, to, to create a, a new species, a, a new form of life that obeyed to a different laws, and of, like for instance, gravity or physics, or it was a big challenge. And uh, it took me uh, months, it took me months to, uh, to work with a concept artist, his name is Carlos Fuente, he's uh, living here in uh, LA. And uh, we, we explore different avenues, but uh, there was this idea coming out of the short story that they will have seven legs. You know, that was the something that I, w I wanted to be faithful to the the, the short story, and the, the, and it was the same in the screenplay. So I had to. And uh, no, it was a long process, and it was inspired by. Um, it just uh, for me, it was it had to have. Uh, I wanted them to have a kind of presence, you know, like when you are in contact with a very huge animal, you feel a different kind of intelligence, sensibility, and sometimes a, a presence, strong presence. And I uh, know it was a long process to design those uh, those entities. I want to ask you too about the language. How far did you go to develop an, uh, an actual language for the heptapods, for the aliens? Well, the thing is that it w the, the language was described in the short story, and Eric had did the, his own version of it in the screenplay. It was quite beautiful because when, as you we were reading the screenplay, there was those beautiful uh, logograms that were quite elegant in, in the screenplay. But uh, for the movie, I wanted something that would be a bit, a much more nightmarish, and a, a much more uh, complex. And uh, I said to my production designer, I agree something that would be like far away from any 
human languages. It, it, it needs really to be something that is coming out of, of our world, uh, that is not coming out of our world, something that <coughs> has not been seen and, and um, apart from a coffee stain, I mean, <laughs> 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 but, but uh, it's, it's, it was like, it came up, uh, we did a lot of research and it's a, a, an artist from Montreal, her name is uh, Martine Bertrand, she came up with this idea of like the, that coffee stain idea, you know, that would be like organic nightmarish uh, shapes like that. And uh, I, I was seduced by the complexity of it and the way, uh, by the darkness of it. And, uh, and then the, the team of the production design, they, they really created like a old lexical, old dictionary. It was quite beautiful actually. We had like hundreds of those logograms where the meaning, the logic of the patterns, it was not random at all. It was like they, they went crazy. They, they really created like a, there's a habit at home, like a kind of a dictionary, a uh, dictionary. And, and that's the other thing that, that blew my mind about it was that at the time we had uh, Stephen Wolfram and his son Christopher that were uh, consulting to make sure the science was right. We were using Mathematica. And Christopher in particular became just totally enamored with the amount of work. But like they, they actually built a working dictionary with all this, like the elements of the logograms have function and there was nested words in them. And so Christopher built the code that analyzed them. And so in, in so many of the shots you see in the film, that's live code <coughs> analyzing a logogram in real time. That isn't can CG. Yeah, no, no, it's, 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 it's uh, crazy because there was like uh, a lot of uh, expert this project very seriously. <laughs> and I had a lot of fun actually, like linguists and mathematicians that came on board and had a lot of fun to, so to try to find a way to decode the, those, uh, this language and it was like, a, in a way it's a bit strange to create something very complex and have a team that at the same time trying to decode what you created. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. You know, Amy, when you're, when you're making a film, like any other film that you've done and you're your movie is basically moving forward in a, in a linear fashion. Uh, and and Eric, in the, the dialogue that you wrote for Jeremy Renner's character, when he's explaining that this is the way the aliens, the hepatots think. So what were the challenges for you to sort of wrap your head around the fact that you are thinking like them, but still sort of moving forward, knowing that you sort of already know what's gonna happen. Boy, was that a confusing question, but um, I think you know what I'm getting at. I think you know what I'm getting I at. I do, I do. I think, I think what was helpful is, is in doing the work for the character, you create sort of a life that you can believe, uh, hopefully the audience will believe as having gone through the event that we show you in the first five minutes to sort of, so you can kind of go along this journey with her, but then you find out that journey has actually happened in the future. Uh, and so the character still has to hold up. But the wonderful thing about the experience of Louise the first time around and the way that I had the opportunity to play her is she's finding out what you're finding out when you're finding it out. There's nothing that she learns before she's telling you or before we're shown. So once you do all that work and have that understanding, it's really about just having um, wonderful trust in, in the screenplay, in the director, in the, in the editor, all of that. At, at, at that point, you kind of have to let it go. I can't, um, I always feel like if I, if I dive too deeply into sort of the intellectual complexities of the script, I wouldn't have been able to tap into the emotional truth. And so at the end of the day, um, 
that was what became the most important thing to me because scientifically speaking, like the most science, everything I know about science, I learned from the Big Bang Theory. So <laughs> I'm like, I think it's probably best I just uh, believe it as opposed to really truly understand it. I mean, like when you're watching, you get to that point in the film when when Louise is on the phone telling the Chinese uh, general what he's about to tell her at the party, which we don't know what those words are, or do we, Eric? Oh, <laughs> uh, you had to bring that one up. Yes, I did. Okay. Um, right. I, I, had, uh, I had given myself a little time bomb in the script that I really didn't think about until it was far, far downfield, which was, there was a line in the script that uh, is just, uh, Luis says something in Mandarin to the general. And I was like, that's, that's lovely. And I went on. So I went on with it. And then it was three months before production, and Denis calls me and says, Eric. Eric, what is this line? <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't know. He's like, no, 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 no. There's a translator here to teach Amy Adams what to say. Hey, Eric, this line saves the earth. This is the most important line of the entire movie. You cannot do this to me. Uh, and I was sweating bullets. I was just like, I was, oh God, what am I going to do now? And I just started like coming up with ideas and stuff to send my way. And I'm, the, the way that didn't work, and I love you for this, by the way, is, is he does this all in one breath. And, and, it's, and it's unsettling, but it's also reassuring. And he'll just approach you whenever you're working on something and he'll say, you're a lovely person, you're a great mind, this is a travesty and an embarrassment. And, and you're like, oh, hey! So not that one. And, and you keep working until you get, maybe you can get to okie okay, 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 which is kind of the, like, this is mediocre. Maybe this is all I can get from you. I will, I will settle for that. And then Amy and I, I'm sure you, that was, you're like, no, okay, 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 huh? No, I'm gonna give, no, I want it. And then you finally get him to say, I deeply love this. And when you hear that, it is like a touchdown. It is like Christmas morning. So you I, you I get greedy with the deeply love, like when he's like, okay, okay, we can go. You're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, yeah. no, no, no. He's like, it is a shot of your fingernail. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then so I, I got that line. I was so proud. It's so relieved. And here I am. I'm in Toronto for the, for the premiere. And I'm next to Ted Chang. And both of us are just like little kids watching the movie. And we get to the scene, and Denise does not put subtitles. Aww. You clever bastard, you. <laughs> no, but the thing is that I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a movie about language, you know? And I, I felt that uh, I was okay. As you noticed, I'm French Canadian. <laughs> when I, I remember that when I was looking at the uh, movies in English when I was young, I, I, I vividly remember that I was saying to myself, "Whoa, that sound profound." And I didn't understood, you know, but I, 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 I was I was thinking that the dialogues were very very wise and very profound and very like Shakespearean. I was like. And, and later on, when I, I started to understand English, and, and I was li looking at the same movies again, I said, "Well, well, actually, it's not that." <laughs> so, so I, I I feel that it's more. No, I'm joking, but the, it, I feel that uh, it's more powerful to uh, not know what the general because I think that. Um, thanks for the. the <laughs> but seriously, I feel it's more and more interesting for you guys to try to imagine what he what he's saying to her than uh, does anyone speak Mandarin here? You do? Do not do this to me <laughs> no, today don't because <laughs> do not. Keep it for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we don't know what she said either. 
It's funny. It's a mystery to all of us. Yeah, it was. <laughs> no, trust me. I I I tried to learn. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> I also it was a it was a very uh, I think moments in life where you can be um, humbled are important, and I was humbled because um, the Mandarin language is so beautiful and so specific, and I loved in a film about language that I learned something about a language I knew nothing about before. And it was very humbling and, and, and a very beautiful experience to learn the different nuances and to learn that I would never learn it in the you know weeks that I'd given myself. And it was only four lines for that. But it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Bravo. Wow, that's awesome. I want to ask you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you noticed the power of the score Woo! of this movie. Wow. Did I say that right? Okay, good. Um, but he composed, am I right that he composed the score before you started shooting? Yeah, the thing is that it's, it's uh, music is a very, very powerful uh, art form. It's very, when you, it, it, it has a tremendous impact on the images, and I'm always afraid of it, and, and it's like, uh, so the way to, I don't like the idea that a composer will come at right at the end, two weeks before uh, uh, the sound mix will come and apply his music on the movie and, and distort of this. I like, uh, so I decided that I will start a more collaborative process where I, I bring the composer very early on, on the process, which means that he will, uh, Johan will start to compose uh, reading Eric's uh, screenplay, seeing the uh, the uh, artwork that was done in the grab, and start to compose before the shoot. And I, I was like uh, shooting the movie, listening to some of his uh, tracks already, and then um, it it was a long process like that when we apply his mu music on the movie, change it, then send that edit to him, changes the music. It was a really like a dance between. The, it's not like a straightforward process. It's a it was it's a Working with him is very uh, rewarding for me because he's very, um, he has like, I can say, he's tremendously um, talented, but he, has, he doesn't put his ego there. He's always ready to work again, work again, work again, and on my side the same. So it's like a kind of dance between both of us for, mo for months. And, and uh, at the end, I, I love the fact that you feel that it's almost like a, you get music and the images are closely uh, married together, like organically uh, linked. Uh, I, you know, the first movie that I saw, Denis, of yours was Prisoners. <laughs> second one was Enemy, the third was Sicario. <laughs> and now here, here we are with the Bible, and like, I, I, you know, get so excited when I'm talking about your films. I'm like, oh my god, we're going to be like studying his movies in film school. Um, but I just want to know, like, do you work, uh, especially with Arrival, did you sort of shoot sequentially uh, with this? I know you were filming in Montreal. No, it was not shot in sequence, uh, unfortunately, because uh, it's, uh, we didn't have the luxury to do that. We had to go from to with the blocks of, uh, with according to sets, you know, like for instance. But the good thing about it is that we shot um, for I think two weeks, all the, the 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 work with the little one, the little daughter, which was the best way to start this movie. 
because we started with the soul and the heart of the movie. And, and, and very often, the cinematographer uh, Bradford Young and I, we were going back in the dailies of, from time to time to remember the strength of those images. Uh, so we started with the humanity and then went to sci-fi after, which was the best way to work. Yeah. Let's uh, turn it over to you. Okay, you got a question right there, nice and loud. Two years ago, my 13-year-old son passed away, and I did not know what this movie was about going in. And what it provided for me, or to each of you, is hope that I will be able to see him again. And it made me think that if I knew, like your character Louise knew, what was coming 13 years, three months, and eight days down the line, would I change anything? And I wouldn't change a thing because I had all of those times and all those memories that you shared. So I just wanted to thank you, each of you, for providing me with some type of solace. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yes. Now you got a good question. Well, thank you for sharing this for with us. Yes. Uh, my question is for Amy. Uh, so much happened in post-production. Can you tell us a little bit about the first time you sat down and watched the finished product? and your reaction to that? Great question. Um, I had a, I'm not, how do I say this? Um, I'm not a great person to watch movies with. <laughs> My own movies, because I'm super critical. I'm highly critical. Um, I'm always looking to improve. Um, when I, I sent, I usually send a team of people in first to sort of give me the news. Um, and I knew this was special because nobody would talk to me after they saw it. And at first I wasn't sure what to say, but uh, people that I trust and respect and love all would called and said, I can't talk to you right now, I'm gonna have to talk to you later. And it would be like 12 hours. And then I realized it was because they were having an emotional relation, like they wanted to sit in their response to the film. Um, so I went into the film um, knowing what I know, of course, but, um, <coughs> I was so thrilled to be a part of this movie. And um, from when the first moment I read the script, uh, when they're like, yeah, they, they are meeting with you and they're not meeting with anybody else until you say no, kind of. And I was like, really? I, I was so flattered that um, I still continue. Um, what I thought after I saw it the first time is, I'm so honored to be a part of this movie. The message of the movie, um, the, the beautiful effects, the way that the effects work, but don't uh, don't overtake the uh, message of the film, and um, you know all of the work that the craftsmen put in, um, the visual effects team, Denis, Johan, um, C. Bradley's work. It's 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 wonderful, and not to mention the other actors. I'm always just very grateful to be a part of the team, and, and this one especially so, because it really was a special experience. So that's my long answer. But, yeah. Good question, Scott. <laughs> Right. Um, wonderful film. I'm a fan of your work and Amy and all the decides It's amazing and everything you do. I don't even know how you could possibly improve anymore. Talk about the processes that you use to bring in these characters and then breathe them out in your version, in your way. And what was the most difficult scene that you had to shoot on this film? Um, I think 
I've sort of had the same process for a long time. When I first started, um, I had come from musical theater, and I was somebody who was sort of playing to the back row, so to speak. Um, which is strange to see watching this, that like my introduction to acting was like making sure everybody could see what you were doing. Um, and <laughs> now it's like, now you have to guess what I'm doing. Um, but uh, in, all, in all seriousness, I, I worked with a wonderful woman who kind of helped me feel very grounded in um, connecting myself to the material, and really that's where it starts. Um, I spent a lot of time with the script, like a bizarre amount of time thinking about the script and thinking about the character. And uh, by the time I get there, I'm sure, I remember sitting in that first meeting and I was like connecting with Denis and I tend to talk really fast when I'm excited about things. And at a specific speed that I think uh, Denis was like, I don't know what she's saying. <laughs> um, and uh, so our first meeting was really funny. So uh, in a film about communication, it was interesting that I don't think he understood half of what I said. Um, but I came in with a lot of ideas and a lot of uh, who, who Louise was. But um, yeah, I, I, but I, I basically work really, really closely with the script and with the character. And uh, by the time I get to set, the hope is that I can let all of that go and just uh, connect with the reality of each situation as it presents itself in that moment. One more in the pink uh, hood there, yes. All right, so I have a question about the heptapods language. Now you stated that it was a real language that you created. And so I was just wondering, when Abbott and Costello write their names, do you know what names they wrote? <laughs> wow. I know, but I cannot pronounce. <laughs> no, that's, that's a beautiful question, I must say. That, I was not prepared for that. <laughs> Thank you. But, uh, uh, it's amazing. I mean, we spent years thinking about to try to prep for everything, and we think we thought that we think about, we, we think that we thought, I mean, you understand, like that about everything, and I never thought about that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to piggyback on this with one, one more story of, uh, you know, for the longest time there have been the 12 ships that landed, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, I, had, I had seeded in a few things about how the way that Louise analyzes the logograms by splitting up into 12 sections, like a clock. So I felt like I could justify that. Uh, but there's the first real creative team meeting where all the producers and me and I uh, were at a table with a script in front of us. And I got called on and I was like, all right, no, really, Eric, why, why 12? Why in these spaces? Why, why, do they, why are they in these different locations? And I had no answer. And it was just like the little pinwheel icon in front of my face going, ah, uh, ah. Uh, and then he leans in and goes, I think there should be something unfathomable about these that even we cannot understand. And I go, yes, yes. That's my answer. But about the, about the, 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 the name, the truth is that they were, they were like the patterns of their name. I don't know what they, how to pronounce or that's the truth. I have no idea. I don't speak it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, arrivals in theaters. Oh. Yeah, make sure you spread the word. Thank you so much. Yes, our concert. Please don't want to miss it.